This week on the Push Wallows podcast, we discussed that now might be the right time to change your PT model and offering. Alright, and three, two, one. So I guess we were wrong about July, mate. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on? Yeah, well wrong, to be fair. Like, I, mean, I don't know what I was thinking. There, I don't know why I thought. There was, but. There was me trusting the UK sport government guidelines that is yeah. our governing body and what we were being told. But no, I just that from just it just shows you that whatever documentation comes out of legally can get changed in two seconds right now absolutely anything so a bunch of people were like where did you even get that information you really thought it was an open i was like yeah yeah our governing body yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's i think it must be it's obviously close i think that's the main thing to take from yes. it isn't it is it's obviously going to be the next what's the next the next official one has to be in three weeks announcement but it's probably going to be before so, that yeah, so I actually, just before going on air today, got a message through from the CEO from First Space saying that they've been in contact with the minister that is for our department and UK uh, sport government, whatever. And he is he is hoping, and he said to reset for mid-July. Mm. So, which it looks like. It looks like it's, it's kind of a... a million test. miles away. It's not a million miles away, is it? I'm going to go, yeah, it's going to be two, two to three weeks from the fourth essentially, because it seems to happen in those batches. And they always said they'd reassess every, like, three weeks, didn't they, for lockdown purposes. But mm. seems like, oh, right, we'll do that. But it just seems to be, like, they announced it. So they announced it today. What is it today? What did they say? 23rd. Yeah. The, the social distancing will go down to one metre plus, is what they said, by the 4th. So essentially this week and a half or two weeks is tester. <laughs> it's like yeah. people are going are gonna to go down to one meter and we'll see whether it spikes up a little bit um, yeah. and then they'll be like yes we made the right decision or they can just be like actually no the thing is anyone who was actually sticking to social distancing before at two meters is going to stick to it at one meter but anyone who wasn't bothered at two meters ain't going to fucking be bothered now at one are they still going to be around <laughs> people, right? just, yeah. so in the grand scheme of things not much is going to change because I, I know that there's, I've seen people and there has been people who don't care about the social distancing even when they've around people's houses and stuff like that i think if you like i say if you go and see a mate and you know that it's all good it's like you're outside no one really minds too much but it's i just find it interesting like in the in our industry like the the fury with which people have gone mad about it and i get it i understand it from a completely personal point of view it sucks you'd rather see the gyms open and you know from a health point of view they're going to just going to do far more for you than drinking and all that sort of shit i get it but I can't help but think that there's a massive oversight on the just the basic economics of the situation. Like, mm. the amount of tax revenue, pubs, beer, alcohol, is going to bring the government is a uh, hundred times that of the gym. hundred, if not more. Like, I looked at it earlier today when, I, when all this was announced. I actually was ge- geeky enough to look into it and Googled it. And it's estimated that through beer alone and pubs, that just by those two things that it generates 16 billion a year in tax revenue 16 billion i then looked yeah. up the health and fitness club 
revenue, not even the tax revenue, overall revenue to like the whole in the whole year in the whole year was like two billion. That's yeah. not even tax revenue. That's just revenue. So I was like, so if you're wondering why maybe pubs have opened before gyms, it's maybe because I know it sounds crazy to say more people want to drink than they want to go to the gym. I know it's crazy to us, like, <laughs> want to go to the gym, but when people are like, I mean, oh, they're not going to stick to subsistence in their pubs, are they? So, no, they're not. Of course they're not. But the point is, not only, and this isn't even going into the science of it all, because I'm sure that gyms are probably more contagious because of the sweat and the droplets that they talk about all the time. I get all that sort of stuff. Even if gyms are super safe, probably going to be as much transmission there as anywhere else, right? Pubs, I get it. People are screaming and shouting. There's droplets going everywhere, whatever, right? But it comes back down to pubs and beer industry and all the alcohol industry and everything probably employs more people as well than health and fitness do and i know that that's us and i know it's shit for us and i get it all pts and gym owners like i feel for every single one of them but there's far more pubs than there are gyms and people spend far more money in pubs than they do in gyms you know and i just think you have to sometimes look at what the government are gonna be looking at and they don't care about your squat pb they couldn't give a shit they <laughs> are looking at it and going we need to get some money in quick because we've just spent you're saying they, 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 only care, they, they only care about what your bench is mate so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Squats don't care. Bench, however. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's like I just think like from that point of view, think about that. But then also, someone said to me as well, like from a morale point of view, people are more, you know, it's going to raise the spirits if people can go to the pubs and watch sport and and all that sort of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, you've got like people, Premier League's back every single day. Yeah, and I think it's just That's like. It's easy for us because we're just so like pissed off about it and we're, and we're right to be pissed off because it's like, when's it going to be our turn or whatever? And I really feel for those people whose jobs depend on the gyms being open. Like that is, you know, like you, like it's, it's tough. Like, don't get me wrong, but sometimes you have to take a step back and look at it and go, well, actually it's for the benefit of more people that they do it that way around yeah. potentially. And um, like I said, the government are just looking at a pure numbers thing. They need to get cash in quick and tax revenue and making sure people can get back into that is, is one way that they'll think about it. So in terms of priorities, unfortunately, like I said, the, the gyms, because ultimately they're going to say, look, people are going to work out at home or whatever if they want. And I know people will argue that people can drink at home, but it's not that, is it? It's the socialising. <laughs> yes, yeah, the social aspect of everybody going into whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I originally said I thought it would be like August, September when the gyms are opening. We're creeping up to it. Uh, I mean, it like, goes mid-July. I think we, I think that's ahead of schedule. What we, what a lot of us thought it would be. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I think, so. I think it is. So, it's it is annoying, and, and like I said, it's it's shit. But there's no point dwelling on it. You know, in terms of for me, obviously, it's a bit different because for me, it's just because I just want to go to the gym and I want all my clients to be able to go to the gym. Um, like my my income doesn't depend on the gyms being open necessarily, like a lot of other PTs. So it's easier for me to be a bit, be a bit more like, oh look, you know, just come on we're nearly there now just ride it out there's nothing you can do about yeah. it kind of thing i understand that it's frustrating like i know a lot of gym owners and i follow them up on facebook and stuff and they're obviously pissed off because they're prepared to make sure it's the cleanest place on earth but yeah. them, i mean don't... like some of some of the some of the stuff that we've 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 gone ott not ott but i think first place is always one of the we got five brand pillars of of how our clubs are right and dan obviously knows that from working uh, obviously, when we had the changeover, you didn't work for the changeover as much. But from now, one of the brand pillars is about cleanliness and being clean. That is literally, I think, I mean, equipment, yeah, specialties, experts, blah, blah, blah. That's what you pay for. 
But there's probably the, the biggest reason why we are one of the most expensive clubs is because the place is fucking spotless most of the time. And that's probably what we pride ourselves in. And we're going to have so much more housekeeping. So all the gyms have now been, we, we've seen it, I think I sent a video of uh, like an infrared camera. So it's how like me and Dan are being talking on Skype. It's like a screen, like, a, like an iPad. And you just go up to it, read your temperature straight, bang in front of you, and then says, please enter. Like, oh. And if you, know, it's quite cool. So every all of our clubs have got that now. And you have to go in front of it before you're allowed in, uh, which is pretty cool. Obviously, there'll be sanitary stuff, all that sanitizer, blah blah blah, all the normal jazz. But like some of the, uh, yeah, we're putting some funding into it and reallocating resources because you realise how much of a thing it needs to be open. But we were kind of in in full on like prepare mode, unfurling people this week to prepare for the fourth. And, yeah. and that's <laughs> and then the rules on furlough if you get placed on furlough you have to be on furlough for three weeks you cannot oh. come off it for the next three weeks so which is interesting right so those people I was like if you've been on furloughed you're going to go straight back on it now but you can't come off it for another three weeks or they might just keep you on the payroll and might get you starting I don't know some yeah. stuff to do probably part time furlough because I think that's as of July I believe but yeah be interesting so yeah I think from the perspective I'm coming from, perspective as being in gym is my livelihood. I'm still on some of the furlough stuff, but obviously, you can see from my Instagram, I'm training what, like one, two, three, four, five, six to seven clients outside of gyms now. Actually, really enjoying it, and especially with the way the work's going with the PTC, I've, I've got that luxury to fall back on. Um, and how I want to split up my week anyway. I, pr I was probably only spending three days in third space, so mm. it will not be as a bigger hit to me. Um, I understand there's not a lot of people in that situation, but it's, it's, it's quite interesting how it needs to be that hybrid. We talked about it, didn't we? How trainers need to be into a hybrid culture now and have like probably two to three days in person and then two to three days of online. And that's how it kind of should be. Um, it's just obviously with the online stuff and what we'll talk about somewhere down the line, especially with PTs, you've got the online, like what I've told people to go in and it's like, if there's any courses, we got the online training blueprint, jump on one of those just because that's, you don't have to learn how to do it. Even if your current clients, you can't see them as often. That's going to be the fact, like, all right, you program with them, but you still have to do check-ins and stuff like that. So. It's interesting to see how it works. So I get. I think. I think hopefully it's. Like, yeah. I think hopefully it's forcing people to think differently about the service they provide, and I hope that when people go back, like I saw a discussion in Jim Outcast group. Of course, it was. I think I, I. I might have. It was either that or it was in UKPTs about some. One lad was like he didn't. He charges like seventy quid for a session, in-person session. He didn't understand how he could make money doing online sessions. Yeah, and he's like, and he, and he sort totally of said, got the wrong end of it. Yeah, he yeah. said, I don't get how these people are making thousands or whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah because he was basically thinking of his service as an hourly thing. And he was like, where are all the hours yeah. of the day kind of thing? And it's like, I hope from out, out of this, trainers are realizing that they're providing a service that goes beyond that one hour in the gym and people will pay for a result if you can get a result for them. Because bear in mind, this is the whole thing with like online coaching, right? Is that I would say weight weight issues and not being happy with how you look are one of the major stresses to the majority of the western world i would say that's one of the major stresses to people and yours my service as an online coach or your service as an online coach anyone's service as an online coach 
is to remove that stress. Now, Pete, we know based on plastic surgery and liposuction, all this sort of stuff, people spend thousands upon thousands of pounds to get that result that they want. Yes, without the hard work, and you're always going to pay more for that, whatever. But people are paying for a result and they'll pay more money the, the higher the likelihood is that you're, they're going to get that result. So when people go in and go, oh, I'm going to try a PT at £30 now, whatever, and they don't quite see results for whatever reason, it's one of those things where that doesn't mean that either you're charging the wrong amount or they think that it's too expensive or that there's other trainers that charge 500 pounds a month and they're doing it wrong or they're doing it right it doesn't mean any of that all it means is meeting the person that you're training where they're at and going i can help you get to your goal and whatever that you have to charge to do that you charge and that's why as you get better and as you get more experience generally prices go up because you have a much higher likelihood that you can guarantee that person that result because you know more and you're, you're better. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's something that I think I point, I point out to a couple of my clients and they were like, Oh yeah, that's the, that the stuff that they were looking for. I was like, you don't, I was like, you, cause obviously the hour. So if you say the hourly thing, I was like, you're paying me like 30, 40 quid more an hour. Yeah, cool. But you're going to come to me with a problem that I'll probably help because of the experience or whatever I might be able to solve in about two minutes. And be like, oh, but it might take a more novice trainer the whole hour to solve it. But you're paying for that expertise. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Like, that. So exactly. actually, my 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 time I've spent, they'll be like, but how can you charge that? Like, like yeah, but you're you're t- paying for the fact that I will probably know. It. That's, that's the yeah, thing. It, so you're you're cutting out of the bullshit. It's, it's that whole thing of like, you know, we I've had people before say, oh, you know, like we're getting people towards a photo shoot, and I sort of say, look, like. If I said to someone in six months time, I'll get you to that photo shoot, right? And it's going to cost you and you're going to be in that shape. You're going to have cover model abs. You're going to look like you belong on a cover of men's health and it's going to cost you three grand. They'd go "Hmm, like, all right, because it's doable. Whereas if you say to them, oh, you can lose five kilos. It's like, well, that doesn't really mean much because people want, again, it comes down to emotions and desires and what they want to achieve and what they want to get out of this. And PTs are stuck in this view of that they pay for the hour and it's like, oh, I've got to give them all the value in that hour. And that's why that they think they have to make them sweat loads and jump around loads and change their program every day because they don't want to get them to get bored and that sort of shit. It's like, no, if that's what you're thinking, hour to hour, session to session, you're worried that that person's going to leave or not book in for another session in a week later because of whatever, for whatever reason, you're doing it wrong. Like, because you should be saying to them, well, no, you're investing in a result that in six months time, I'll be able to get you. And if they don't want to hear it and they go, oh, they want to haggle or whatever, you go, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Go somewhere else because they will haggle and they won't get the result. And it's this whole thing of I really hope PTs start looking at their service and go, I don't charge per hour. I charge for the result. And I charge you to not get injured, to make sure you move properly, to get stronger as quickly as possible and to leave you in a place that you're fit, healthy, like I said, and you're not got shit um, posture and all that sort of crap, whatever it is. And it's trying to get that through to people. And that's what online coaching does we 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 manage to get that across to someone and make it evident that that's what we do like that's that's what we do and not enough pts for example share ice cream van quick go 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 yeah you know like not enough not enough pts in my opinion share flipping out it's really loud isn't it? it's got a nice soundtrack for this i think we should play music in the background more often yeah, not enough PTs. I can see him, look. It's um, Mr. Magic. Mr. Magic. Wait, get a Flake 99. Two flakes, please. <laughs> Love a flake. Flake 99. Jesus Christ. Okay. How much is that? How much is that set you back now? 
It's about three quid in London, probably, at least. Three, three, three quid, three fifty? I've seen it for yeah, about that, yeah. I reckon it'd be a pound a flake as well for the extra flake. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that the, the in-person PTs actually spend too much time on the day-to-day, hour-to-hour part of their day working with clients. That oh, they don't then... Huh? Yeah. Thousand percent, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah they, they just they, they spend worry about time. how many sessions they're gonna do. They worry about like, oh, what they've been doing in the session so much. And you're like, there was some of them I'll show them one of my sessions in and literally it'll just be bare minimum stuff. And they'll be like, Well, how do you know? I'm like, I don't know what he needs to do. Like just he needs to move, do this, do that, yeah, do that. It's, it's, but we've, we've talked about session. it before with um we talked about it before with like templates and stuff. Too many of them. Again, good ones. This I'm not even talking about shit ones now, I'm talking about good ones here. They're they're so obsessed with giving everyone the exact personalized service and writing every single plan from scratch. And it's like, no, do you know what? Most people that you see, 50% of people I used to see in the third space, I, I'd have their program in my head written out. After I'd done the assessment, I was like, I know what you need. And it's the same as what 50% of my clients need. And you're <laughs> just starting at this point and they're three months ahead of you, but I'm going to give you the same start point because you know what? You're pretty much identical. And too many of them are trying their best to give that expert service in that hour. They're answering their phone all the time. They're texting them back. They're giving them thing, And they're never working on their business. They're never taking a step back and going, right, what can this client help me out with? So can I get a video of them training to post on Instagram? Can I get a testimonial from them? Can I take, can I get progress pictures from them? Can I get something to use for social media so that I can show people that this is what I'm good at and this is what I do? Because ultimately, it's been too long on the gym floor helping people out with those sorts of technical things that they think are really, really important and not enough time showing prospective clients that they know what they're talking about. And then they wonder how other people make more money or have more time or charge more. And it's like, yeah, because you're creating an element of, well, I'm good at what I do. But if you don't have that documentation, you just train 100 sessions, you know, in, in a month or more and you get bogged down in it all and you never really kind of put yourself out there you're not going to be able to show off that experience that you've got and the results that you've got that are going to be able to bring in more clients that are going to pay you more money. So yeah, basically PTs need to spend more time thinking about their business, what they offer, how to get clients through the door rather than just on the minutiae of each hour of each session of each client and all that sort of jazz because it's killing them unfortunately. And like, I think that's where people are trying to People are saying, oh, they have to, you have to go online now. And it's like, no, you could do a hybrid thing. You could do half and half. You could do a bit of both. Like, that's the best way of doing it because you get a bit of everything. Um, you just have yeah. to be strict on your times and when you de- you know dedicate that time. But I remember when I was a PT, I used to do – I was doing online stuff at the same time for a bit. And, you know, I, I used to do it in the hours off that I had occasionally. Like, some hours would just take off. We'd doss around. Me and you would just doss around. But – Looking back, I did spend a decent chunk of it working on the online stuff and doing other things, and I just think a lot of people waste those hours on, you know, getting a coffee, getting food, and actually, oh man, like the the time. One of the biggest things is going to train themselves, which I 100% get. Like you have to be in shape, blah blah blah, or like try new things. But one of the biggest pet peeves, like so, for example, we might like run education sessions, and sometimes they're optional. But then I would see a PT training themselves at the same time as I may be running an education session. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, it's not only, not only an education session. This is a chance to interact with your peers, a chance to possibly learn. This is probably a chance to kind of learn stuff and kind of, I don't know, cement your place or that kind of thing, get a little bit of um, networking going on, find other ideas, work on your business, all that kind of thing. 
And like, I'm like, no, nope, you've chosen to do arm day. And, Amazing. Okay, and they're usually the ones as well that are like, oh, I'm really struggling with clients this month, and oh, I didn't get yeah, any leads this month. They're always oh. like, oh, yeah, I need, to, I need some leads. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's like, all right, you've got, you, you do 20 to 25 hours, five hours of PT. I get it's hard. But there's also a big chunk of the day that is normally like kind of free day, really, for PTs. They don't have, you kind of have the peak, like at the start of the day, at lunchtime and then the after hours me and you very rarely did like the after hours thing because we were just like <clears throat> don't want to ever do that hence you did online training and i went into education because i was just like mm. other stuff to do um it's just like all right well what's happening and probably the hours from 10 till 12 and maybe like two till four or three till five chances are pts around the country are training um and it's always like all right so we even need to train six times a week all the time Probably not. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it is interesting. I just find it fascinating that I, I think it's, there's just so much that they can learn. And I think I see a lot of, um, me and Mike are working with Suck now and we see a lot of like the, the adverts that he does and he gets a lot of hate on his adverts for like always talking about high ticket or whatever, or making money and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, do you know what though? These people like are smart because they, they get it. They get how that happens. There was a, almost a bit of a taboo with PTs and like wanting to make money and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But that's, that, but yeah, that's their biggest gripe. And it's like, hang on a minute. You can't sit there and moan at people who are helping people do this and get a, a job that they, they love and yeah. earn money by helping people. But then also moan that you're not getting in the leads or you're not getting that in or that, 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 that people aren't paying you enough. And it's just like, it's such a backward system and it's only in the PT world. It seems to happen. Or it's just like, it's just crazy crazy but all these people they're all they're always doing work behind the scenes like i think people assume with online trainers like all i do is my check-ins each week like that's all i do and i haven't spent like monday having meetings with people and i haven't spent the afternoon writing emails and i haven't spent that time coming up with a brand new program or that tuesday i haven't come up with what we've done today that we haven't like done social media content and spent time editing videos and filming videos and stuff because I think it's because you, you just see the highlights on like stories, which is like, Oh, I'm just doing this or just having food or just chilling out. People assume that that's like all you do. And it's like, well, I'm not going to show you me eight o'clock at night, work on my computer. Am I like, I'm not, why would I show you? Do, I do that. Cause that's boring. Um, and I just think there's this assumption that it's like, that's for yeah. your only fans though, isn't it? When it gets to uh, yeah. o'clock. Yeah. yeah yeah me in a hoodie <laughs> on my computer yeah that's it um but yeah i just think it's it's baffling and the amount but but it comes back down to the amount of pts who won't invest in themselves is frightening it's frightening, it so, frightening. coming coming out the back of this because so considering that probably gyms are going to be like so say people didn't start through lockdown or were slightly scared what's the kick up the ass what would be the maybe one or two things you would be like let's get this done let's say we open this time next month so let's say the 20th, 23rd of July, they open. What do you think should be in place for the next four weeks for them to start some of this rolling? What would you put as business? Say like, all right, I um, usually do about 20 sessions a week or something like that. What would you start to do? Um, well, the first part call would be to speak to your current clients and see if that you can help them in any way doing online-based stuff and not Zoom sessions. I mean like actual checking in with them being a human like being a mate and seeing like look i can help you in all these ways and even just getting them to basically track some information for you so you can give them some idea of where they're at like 
tracking their steps, whether it's tracking their calories, whether it's tracking their workouts, whether it's having some sort of idea of a start point as when you so when you go back, you can say to them, right, you need to do this and this, this, control this here, you're going to be fine, and then you can go forward. But people assume there's all these fancy systems that you need, but they're always best developed as you go because you learn what works, what doesn't work, and it always takes yeah. more time the first few times you do it. But always start with those people because you've already got a relationship with them, so that's great. Um, and then you then you're gonna start, you're gonna basically what I would do is if you have enough enough money, obviously it's money's tight at the moment. Is just invest in someone to help you. It's the, it's the easiest way to get where you want to be is to get someone to tell you this is what you need to do. Who's been there? Who's done it? Who knows what they, knows where they're at? Um, you know, like well, you work for the PTC, so there's one place there you go and go right learn something from there go and do a course that just tells you everything you need to know trust those guys go and do it just implement it don't second guess it don't think oh it's not gonna work for me just do it just do what's told what you're told and you'll find you will get what you want out of it likewise there's loads of other people who who help with that sort of thing is these systems are tried and tested they're proven they work all that sort of stuff um that's the thing that's i think looking back that's what both of us have done in terms of online coaching i went to john clark not only to like get my programs for him, but I wanted to chat to him about what he was doing like, business-wise. And you've got the same people who do that to you in terms of like, yeah, they're, you're writing their programs, but probably the, the check-ins are probably more about their business. Yeah, and that was the case with me as well. And it, and it happened with me. I, I was just like, all right, okay, yeah. I, I was like, do you really want me to write your programs, or do you, you want to just talk about becoming a PT? Like, probably sounds like you want to do that. Yeah, and, and I just and I just think it's I, I think again PTs are so frightened to invest in themselves. They're happy to to spend more money on like say gym kit or you know the um, like an education thing that's going to help them become a better trainer. But most most PTs I know that I know anyway because I surround myself with fairly decent people are good PTs. Where they lack is the business side of things and understanding that side. And I'm, I'm, by the way, I am no way sitting on a high horse here saying that I know. I do not. I just, we're just starting out with this sort of stuff. But the more I learn about it and the more I get my head around it, the more I think, well, there's a reason why I've been sat here with a waiting list of clients. Do you know? Like, it's not from fucking luck. It's because I've worked my nuts off and got to a point where actually now I kind of figured out what works for me. It doesn't always work. But yeah. people, so PTs are so quick to invest in, a new course, two thousand pound new course. Let's do it because I'll be a better trainer. I get more clients. It's not going to get you more clients. Hundred percent. You know more than enough now to help your clients. What you need to do is work out how to run a business rather than just be a renter mate that turns up for seventy pound an hour to hold weights for someone <laughs> and spot them. That's the difference here. Is like, and once you have that now, dare I say it, Tom? Like you've got. You then don't just become a PT that goes, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. You missed your session. Don't worry about paying for it. I'll just see you next time. So people take the piss out of you. People don't take the piss out of you, do they? No, they treat you like a professional because yeah. that's what you are. And again, they get a result. And they, when you increase your prices, they go, okay, because they know you're worth it. And all these PTs that are worried about doing that sort of thing are worried because, yeah, they don't actually provide the whole service. and not seen as actually, a professional as a like, business. Conversation. So I think, like in a few, I think if it's not next month, the month after PTC, we're, we're releasing a little bit of something that will be we'll, we'll talk about it here. We'll get Luke to come on and talk about it when we release it. Um, but that's one of the conversations and something I will be doing videos on in terms of having the conversation with your client about increasing your prices. Because I've increased over the last well, I've been a PT six six and a half years maybe. I've increased my prices. When what what price did we start at? Sixty-five quid. I think it was seventy. Nah, it was definitely in the sixties. Sixty-five quid an hour. Yeah, it must be then. Yeah. I think it was sixty-five quid an hour, and right now I'm at about ninety-five to hundred an hour, mm. <clears throat> and I've gone up in like tens 
So let's call it 65 to 75 to 85 to 95. So I've increased it four times in the last six years. Yeah, I guess like putting up prices is always like, I don't know, just a difficult conversation to have. Um, and people don't like it at all. So, yeah. Yeah, they don't. I think it's it's just it's hard. Obviously, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing. And but you know, like like a, it's that's how you're going to to have more time and to be able to earn more money and provide a better service is when you're not stressed out to fuck working with loads of people. Like it's pretty simple. Um, there's a reason like that when you get to that high level of being a CEO and stuff like you get paid more money for per hour you work because it's deemed more important and. I just think there's a lot of trainers that are stuck in that thing of they they feel like they can't charge more, but they want to work with more people. And then like, there's not enough hours in the day to get burnt out. And that's where the online model can work is that you can up your prices, provide a service that you can do, then provide a bit, half of it at home. You can write their plans for them. You only see them once every two weeks, potentially in the gym. It frees up your time. You charge a bit more. People are like, oh, but I'm not, but that hour then they're not paying for you for that hour. And are they going to see value in it? It's like, well, that's your problem because you obviously can't give value elsewhere. That's, yeah. on, that's on you. You've got to do that. Um, but like you know like you said about your prices like someone working out with you once a week costs much more than it does to work with me for a month much more so there's no way that being a pt you can't earn decent money or as much money as an online trainer can it's just about knowing your worth and knowing how you package that and how and like say how you charge that what service you're going to provide what results you get with people 100 percent, you can do it like there's no there's no doubt in my mind that people can do it i know people are doing it i know they are People are making money. And there's a reason people go to PTs that charge £100 an hour. And people go, how can you charge that much? Because you get a result. It's simple. It's just, it's just. I think the way you start looking at it as well, because obviously we, we've always been a big advocate of in-person training. And then I think, like you said, people who want to kind of start to migrate towards it now, look at your clients now, and then possibly they don't have, if they're training with you twice a week, I know this sounds mental right now, but you might have to take the, the case of like, all right, they might do one session by themselves and you write their programs for them, but you charge them for that. So you might take out a session for a week, but you write their program, they do it by themselves. So instead you get, so you get th- four of those in-person sessions and then you might spend only an hour writing their program. Not even that probably because you've already fucking written it for the other sessions. Um, and then, you're charging them for the the program writing on the side so that's the hybrid model so they're doing it themselves so you only you get check-ins essentially check-in sessions is what we do um so you've then you've got that product there so that's that hybrid and then because you've released up that time you can another client so essentially hopefully you to take on two of those clients and then you're charging say 100 quid a month for that program writing suddenly we're we've got two clients we weren't the same money in person but we've just stapled on another 200 pounds a month because you're doing the program writing for them now so if they're interested in that hybrid model it's slightly cheaper than the full in in like like stuff that i do um i've only i only really do um i don't make anybody really train with me and then a little bit without me it's all kind of all, all online or like all in person. But that hybrid is probably where I'll start to go as well because I will release my contact and with more work coming educationally and probably that's going to be more, I don't know, it's not more, but now it's not as financially viable like right now educationally as like one-to-one PT is. Obviously, I, like what Dan just said, it's like you can earn a lot of money. Like if I'm charging £100 an hour, if I do four sessions, that's four hundred quid for the day. Like that's that's gonna scale up. That's two grand a week. Like yeah, that's all right. Um, 
and it was for only essentially four hour, four to five hours work. Um, but as you start to get better, it will be start to be more methodical and you'll be able to do it. So that's that's how you then implement that hybrid model. That's what I would start to do. And then the chances are those people might drop off, God forbid, your other sessions and they'll just go on to an increased rate on your online thing. So Dan charges like 175 to 250 pounds a month. And then that's what you're going to be able to charge because they've already got your service. So you crack on 175 and you're just programming for them. And you're like, no, you're fully online now. So I don't have to see you. So you get a little bit more of my contact time in terms of like the, the, the phone checking. So that that's the extra £75, if you will. Um, yeah, I, th- yeah. I, think it's, I think PTs need to look at it as if, because don't get me wrong, there are some people who just aren't right for online training. They need so much queuing, so much help in person. 100%. That, right? yeah. 100% they need that. But there's no reason why your goal after six months shouldn't be to get them in a position where they're comfortable to come in the gym on their own, use a squat rack, use a barbell, lift safely, all that sort of jazz. And you can almost have it as a bit like a conveyor belt where actually all you're doing is trying to find one-to-one leads but you're going to turn them over six to nine to 12 months into online clients that should be your goal and then every and then that means yeah every you know the ones that are in six to nine months might come in once every three four weeks for a one-off session but the point is yeah it might seem like you're making less money like if you're charging what tom charges and they come to see you twice a week you're 800 quid a month right in the first six months and it might seem counterintuitive to then put them on 400 pound a month online only half the price but i guarantee you that person will go oh okay well, if you think I'm ready for it, and they'll go, A, they've got more confidence because you've told them they're ready to go in the gym on their own. They don't need you there holding holding the hand. They're saving money. They're still getting great results, and you're still checking in. And you can then say, oh, one-off session's 100 quid if you want to come in once. So that could be once a month, 500 quid. You're saving them 300 quid. But the amount of actual face time you have with that person is a lot less. You can take on more of those clients than doing the one-to-one. And the online clients will take you less time as in in the gym or on, you know, on the gym floor or whatever you do more work at home in in your own time being flexible and you can kind of take them through that conveyor belt almost of like constantly then trying to find those one-to-one leads taking them online you've got loads more time you have loads more happy people you get better much better results because you control more variables um there's just loads of ways to do it but people just aren't prepared to upskill so what i'm saying is you can upskill to learn to be an online coach and have these systems and stuff but you can still start every single client of yours at one-to-one. If that's what you love and that's what you love being, great, crack on with that. If that's where you're going to get leads, do it. But transition them through the process so that you're not holding the hand the whole time. You don't have that constant fear of, what if, if they don't turn up to the gym this week? Oh, I'll lose that 100 quid. No, because they're paying monthly now for that session. They're accountable to you, so they're going to turn up for the majority of them anyway. And you check in with them on the phone that week rather than seeing them in person. And there's just so many ways to do it, but it's outside the norm, which is why PTs are scared to do it because they look around and go, no one else in the gym's doing that. Exactly. That's probably yeah. why you should be doing it <laughs> because no one else is doing it. Everyone follows this whole thing with PTs. Buy a pack of 10. Bang, that's it, done. The industry's moved on. It's changed. People pay for a result. They don't pay for 10 blocks of one-hour sessions. It's it's dinosaur way of thinking, in my opinion. Um, and it's difficult if you're involved in a gym that has those rules. It's difficult. Obviously, it is. If you're part of like a third space, we can't do that. And that's the way it is. I get it. Yeah. But, but it's, it's interesting saying that as well. Like, Because obviously, I'll be in like one-hour blocks and stuff like that. But there is a few clients and stuff the even though i'm charging them for that hour right it might be i might chop it short and be like we're done in 45 minutes or to 50 minutes and i'll be like all right you can just sit there and like stretch out for a little bit we'll just chat we're not doing anything really but it'll be a case of like i've done everything we need that cool all right (laughs) yeah they can get away early yeah Um, i just i just find it odd i just find it odd that like in any other thing like 
if it was a business mentor, for example, you don't sign up for a block of 10 calls and then hope at the end of the 10 you where you want to be. You, you pay monthly until you get your end result that you want. Like you literally, and then as you go through it, you have new goals and you realize the benefit of it and you expand and you go bigger and you go further. It's just, there's no other real industry. I just find it odd as an industry that they, they still do it that way. And it's just like I say, that ingrained way of thinking. And I think, you know, it's, it's an industry where you have to try and stand out and be a bit different. And if you can get great results, people and do that different way of doing it. And people, because don't forget, like I said, with that model I just proposed, after six months, you're going to save your clients money. Like that's yeah. a pretty big thing. Not many PTs are going to say to their clients, train less with me and pay me less. But if you genuinely believe that's the best thing for them and you can get the best results with them, that's that, that. Why not? Why not do that? Um, but yeah, anyway, it's just a wild thought. Um, I can't remember, <laughs> the, original, can't remember well, what the original question was, to be honest. We just ranted about it, but I don't know. We, we, I think, I think we just, uh, I mean, I've, I, I wrote about five different points of what we were actually going to talk about today, and I don't think we hit one of them. Um, but I think we've just <laughs> we've discussed on. I think this this whole episode has been more about trainers and people that are getting into training or looking oh, no, at their that's why. No, that's why because we talked about what we that's right we were talking about like going back in the gym where to start with it or whatever that was yeah so but but this that's why now <laughs> this is why now i think it's a great time to do it because things have changed now. everything's changed now like those clients yeah. that were seeing you three times a week probably won't now because of the coronavirus because of maybe time constraints whatever it is you've now got the perfect opportunity to flip what you do on its head and it could be the new normal because you're setting the new normal as of now when the gyms start going back you can say this is how i'm doing it now this, no, we're not doing it's, well. and, it's so easy like, to just do it and realizing now. that yeah it's just going to be like all right this is within limit the contact and it you're kind of looking after them i want you to limit the contact that you in the gym because that's one of the hotbeds of maybe it's covid whatever it's like but you're going to maybe train by yourself and write your park plans, how you've been doing it, but we're going to come in for one strength session, but you're then going to charge you for your, your online-based stuff. And it's just to be like, right, and then I can start checking on, on people. Yeah, So, but people have this fear of online coaching, like genuinely, like a check-in. Like people say, oh, I don't know how to do check-ins and things like that. I was like, you literally pick up oh. the phone and speak to someone. You're, you're being <laughs> a coach. Like coaches yeah, yeah, coach yeah. people. And it's like, Very there's amazing. no fancy system. There's no massive forms to fill in. Pick up the phone. People How are you doing? That you've got like a, a list or like a, a little script that you have to talk to. And you've seen that, haven't you? You've been on some calls where people have got a script and it's the most wooden fucking thing in the world. It's awful. And it's like, hang on. No, 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 no. Hang on a minute. People have took the personal fucking trainer, PT, personal trainer. It's yeah. like, be personal. Be their friend. Like, yeah. pay, like they want... They want to come to you because they feel like they can tell you something. They can probably tell you stuff that they might not be good to admitting to somebody else as well. 100%. That really happens to personal trainers because you're paying for that. You, you're kind of paying for no judgment as well. And you're just like, all right, you're just going to see through like all the crap and hysteria that may have been embarrassing about what you just said. And we're just going to be like, all right, this is how we're going to sort it out. That's the thing is that <laughs> all, the, all the best personal trainers that get the best results people are nice people. They're solid people. They're sociable. They got with people. They know what makes people tick. They're nice to be around. They're fun. Um, they're motivating, all that sort of stuff. And I think it's one of those things where people just overthink it. And it's the fear of the unknown. Of course it is. I, I get that. It's the fear of the unknown. It's different, all that sort of stuff. But there's there's no better time to do it than now. Like if you if you're one of the, if you're listening to this now and you're thinking about doing it or whatever, just ask. Like I'll, like just message me. And I'll happily give you some pointers because it's really not as difficult as you think it is for one. And two, you've gotten like I said, this is the best time. 
think everything's changed in terms of PT and it will probably be for the next six months until next year. Maybe things will be back to more sort of normal then. But you've got a great opportunity now to to revise what is normal for you and your service you provide. You can go above and beyond. You can provide more. You can charge more. You could charge less. You could free up your hours. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, but ultimately, going back to how you were doing it before is only going to lead to you having the same issue and the same problems that you've got or you have had before all this kicked off. All those if issues you, you've got. If, if okay. you're happy just doing one-to-one, then crack on. Yeah, exactly. If you are, then yeah. crack on. That's fine. But I think most most people do that. want trainers want want to evolve i think whether that's a like yeah it just seems like you either want to help more people or you want to make more money what's what's your evolution like both of those for me is going to hybrid or online based training um and just supplementing just don't it's, it doesn't it's have just to be providing a better service it's yeah. providing a better service it's not about where the location of it hybrid online whatever it's just providing a better service provide a better service you can charge more money how you do that and the tools you use to do that is up to you. But that's what it is ultimately. Most PTs don't provide a good enough service outside of that one hour session. That's the bottom line. So I hope we uh, we discussed everything for the PTs. Basically, this is a whole episode about becoming a hybrid trainer and all the things that people can think about it. Essentially, that should be the title. Probably will be now. Becoming <laughs> a hybrid. <laughs> we were meant to talk yeah. about a load of other stuff. Jesus Christ. Um, which the, I did fall asleep, but we're... we're uh, we we didn't watch it for a while, but uh, again the Michael Jordan stuff. How ridiculous he takes everything so personally. It's funny, isn't it? Every, everything like so his motivation. Like I don't like people. was like, oh, it's almost like a sif. Like it's like he is motivated by hate. He is motivated by somebody that's personal to him. He's yeah. he slighted me. He fucked with me. He did that. I'm gonna really fucking stick to him. How weird is that? Like, I think that's I, just that a mindset. So it was just a yeah. like, him, and he was just like, that guy didn't talk to me. I'm gonna fucking nail it. So like, I, I find it odd as well because most people you speak to, who, like I said, the mindset of champions is they just focus on themselves all the time. They just do yeah. whatever they want to do. And he was like, he was a bit like that. But but the fascinating bit for me was that story when he made it up. He made up something that someone had said. Oh, did. <laughs> you got, no, got that bit. So basically, I don't know. I, I fall asleep, mate. So oh, you fell asleep. So basically, there's a, there's a funny story where basically Michael Jordan was in like uh, a playoff games or something like that, and some rookie supposedly had said something to him about like, "Oh, nice shot, Mike," or something like that that he made or whatever, and he took it as a sarcastic thing, or he took it sarcastically, or whatever, and he was like hating him, hating him, hating him. And years later, once he'd retired, it came out that the rookie never said anything at all. And it was completely made up, but he made it up so that he could get fired up for that game because it was a series, <laughs> obviously playing the same people. And he made it up, and because the rookie was like, "I never said anything." He's like, "I never said that." Like he didn't say anything. And it only and Michael was like insisting, "He said you did it, you did it, you did it, you did it," because he was lying to himself almost yeah, to believe yeah, it. That and afterwards it. came out, he's like, "Yeah, I made it up." He's like yeah, he didn't say anything. So like, I just didn't promote <laughs> him himself. It's just like crazy, like crazy, crazy, crazy. But um, but no, I think he, he's a fascinating, fascinating character. Like completely unique you can see why he gets to where he is like completely unique i would not like to be his friend well no all his teammates are the same they said it yeah. was not a nice teammate no it but, did, did seem like he's yeah alienated himself quite what well, quite a lot but yeah he gives a shit does he at the moment <laughs> <laughs> apparently not mate um no i think i think we've there's been a few breaks during this show we've had a bit of con- connection issues you might you might catch them all the way through um but yeah any other business from your end 
No. Uh, the only thing I did see was, um, as I said to you when we had a little break from the connection issues, was the um, the NBA players have been given aura rings to like monitor their covid symptoms basically because apparently i saw it on an infograph how true it is i don't know but it's a news story um, <laughs> that the aura rings apparently um can um predict coronavirus three days before like symptoms show or something um let me just find a thing why every player is getting a ring yeah so basically every nba player has got an aura ring um, which monitors like sleep, heart rate, activity, temperature, all this sort of stuff. And basically every single NBA player has been given one because they're all going back into play soon. And the read in the comments of this news article was fucking hilarious. They're all like, oh my God, what about like nurses and doctors and all this sort of stuff? And I was like, the aura ring costs about four or 500 quid. It's like an activity tracker, but it's a ring shape. Four or 500 quid. And I was like, because it would cost too much money. Like NBA players are paying for this themselves. Like this isn't like, do you know what I mean? But it's just that whole thing of like we talked about with like the gyms and the pubs and the tax stuff. It's just this complete, utter like lack of knowledge around economics and tax and all this sort of <laughs> shit. Like the reason that those NBA players have got one, yeah, it's because they can afford to buy one themselves. Like for one, Crazy. it's just like and whether how accurate it is doesn't matter. Like the fact it's probably not even 100% accurate because if a nurse was to have it on, you'd want it to be accurate. If the government were paying 500 quid a pop every yeah. nurse, you'd want to make sure it worked. There's no evidence, I say no evidence, but it's not 100% accurate. It's just a guess, right? It's just going to be a prediction. Um, yeah, I just find it funny, the comments, reading, like with everything that's going on, the public comments. I've ju- I just find it fascinating. I wrote an email about it the other day about Facebook arguments. Just, I just find it in, amazing that people think that they're going to change someone's mind in a Facebook argument or in a comment section of a, of, a, of a blog. It's just like, why are you wasting your time in places like that? Like, it just, no one's going to change their mind. No matter how much you shout and use caps lock, they're not going to change their mind. <laughs> just find it funny. But yeah, that was just the only thing I saw that I thought was relatively fitness related that might be interesting. But uh, you see, Novak no Djokovic tested positive. Yeah. Yeah, you see, they say that like vaccine. That Balkan uh, like tennis tour, didn't they? They were like, yeah, we're gonna fucking like do it. And then is it like nearly every single one of them is uh, all all of them apart from Alexander Zverev of the players who played in that tournament have tested positive. Of course they have, yeah. Probably because all, <laughs> all the sweat, all the balls, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. and they were just like, yeah, it's, we're going to do this. It's like, they were like, ah, we're, we're all safe. And he's like, brilliant, mate. Well done. All of you are positive, apart from one. Real. And, and, <laughs> and then I love it, all the other guys are like, uh, like Murray was like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. It was way too soon. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like, you only did it like a couple of weeks into it. They're like, yeah, we've got to do it. Nick Kyrgios said it was a boneheaded decision to even play it. I was like, yeah, sounds yeah. Yeah. Um, moron. Anyway, mate, mate. Um, we will leave you be. So no other news. I've got nothing. Nothing else to say. I think. No. 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 Have no. a good one. <laughs> Have a good one. Look out for some more updates. So remember, gyms and nightclubs are exactly the same thing. So we're grouped together, but you can still go. You'll be able to go to Alton Towers, Thorpe Park. Um, you can't go to a leisure centre though, so that's a bit tough. Unlucky guys. No swimming. No man. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace out. Catch you next week. Catch you later.